0: My father, he thinks I'm insane.
1: From the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time. You claimed you traveled to this place, Wonderland. You fell in love with the genie.
0: I'm going to find him.
1: She's not the Alice you thought you knew. Ah. Ah. I sense that you can take care of yourself. Thursday, the search for her lost love begins.
0: all right, rabbit, Take your home.
1: Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Series premiere Thursday at 8, 7 central. Followed by an all new Grey's Anatomy and Scandal on ABC. You're listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Johnson. After Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Afterbuzz TV's Revenge After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's Afterbuzz TV's Revenge After Show. Hello,
2: everyone. If you are watching live, sorry, take two. We're having a little bit of a problem with the keyboard, but should be all set now. I actually think it's just because Phil Speedtech is the big boss man that he's forgotten how to engineer back to his roots. Is that true, Phil?
3: That is so not true. I am like Nolan. I never forget anything.
2: Okay, I'm just kidding. Anyway, guys, Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show of, of course, our favorite show on TV, Revenge Season 3, Episode 2, called Sin. I am your host, Roxy Stryer, alongside Anna Koppel. Yo. (laughs) You're so gangster tonight, huh? Listen, you don't know. You don't know what I've been I, doing. I don't even know. I got street cred, son. I think it's because you're so amped up about how awesome tonight's episode really it was. It really was awesome. No, I mean, seriously, after last week, I was a little concerned for the season. I thought that it was not the weakest episode, but definitely not the strongest. And tonight blew me away. Last week,
0: I basically hated the show. I like, I was like, I give up on this. I hate it. But, well, so now we're, we're back. Back. We we, back.
3: I know we took a lot of heat as uh as hosts in general and things like that um especially for the first episode and there there's always such a tough time coming back into a show like this you know and you're like okay where's it going and and especially watching it then being so confused and having such emotions riding and then doing it so we took a lot of slack but i am excited that we're back it's a great episode and and uh Had they done what uh, a lot of other shows do where they pair the openers, you know, two hours into one, I think we would have been fine.
2: Absolutely. And you know what? On that point that you were talking about taking heat, honestly, just like Revenge does where they listen to their fans, we do the same thing here. And you guys go on iTunes and you go on YouTube and you comment and you rate and we read it and we listen to it. So – Also, what you can do if we're making a mistake or you feel like we missed a point and you want to talk about it and you're like, wait, hold on. How could you close the episode without talking to me about this? You call in. Yeah, and just a reminder, guys, that's what AfterBuzz is. Like, that's
0: what we're here for. We're here to, like, create a community of fans so that we can have different opinions and everybody can talk to each other. So, yeah, we love this. Like, please, like, please disagree with us. Like, please have these arguments or debates with Speaking of that, I, I have Preach. a new,
3: th- you know, before we get into tonight's episode, I have a new theory on why Jack is so, well, obviously tonight's episode also made it clear on why Jack is so anti-Emily. But also, as they had that kiss, because it felt so good in the moment, it's like, I can't have this because I know how much it can destroy.
2: You think that that's why Jack said he felt nothing last week? Yes. So when you said before we get into tonight's episode, you meant you've been thinking you can't sleep at night because you are thinking about the first episode of the season. Yes. And you have come up with the fact that Jack, Pulled away from Emily because it was so good and overwhelming that it was uh, too much.
3: You have no idea how many times I rewatched this kiss.
2: <laughs> uh, wow, a little <laughs> steamy oh in here, I think. Oh dear. Uh, no, anyway, but I, but you- I went back and watched a couple times too, and and something that we that fans felt that we missed. Another thing talking about last week is that uh, what happened with the baby, and everybody was like, "Didn't you hear?" She gave it away. We actually find out tonight that. She didn't give the baby away, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to start by, unless you still have revelations on last week's episode.
3: No, because, again, a a lot of things that were speculated on were made very clear in tonight's episode. And again, had it been two hours... We would all breathe a little easier.
2: Right, absolutely. And we'll go We'll go over tonight's episode, and if we feel like we're missing anything from last week, we could talk about that. But in case you guys want to talk to us during this and you're a little shy and you don't want to call in, I want to give everybody's Twitter handle just off the bat so that you guys can tweet at us and ask any questions, and we'll try to be on it while we're doing the show. So where can we find you?
0: Uh, you can follow me. And I actually already have a tweet from somebody. I'm really excited to share it. Uh, but you can follow me at Koppel from A-R-K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R.
2: And I'm at Roxy Stryer, So, and at After Buzz, uh, TV. At After Buzz TV. At Buzz TV,
3: but I, I unfortunately will not be monitoring. I'll try to monitor a little bit.
2: Okay, so if you guys have questions, we'll we'll try to answer them, or just things you want to talk about. Why don't we actually start? Do you want to share what somebody
0: tweeted at you? Um, yeah, absolutely. So Stephen B uh, at Stephen B three tweeted: Do you think Margo still wants Daniel, or will they have a strictly business relationship?
2: Very interesting. Um, I know we're going to talk about Margot in a little bit, but I definitely think that it hasn't been enough time for her not to want him, especially as a woman when you get rejected. Only fuels the fire from what I find. Interesting. I, I, I would agree. I think, I think that, uh, Margot
0: seems like the type of woman who gets what she wants and, and, you know, works for what she wants. And she's, uh, she's a no nonsense kind of gal. She just dropped her dress and
2: was like, <laughs> There i am. wish i was that ballsy dude if i wanted somebody and i just dropped my dress i wish i was that ball yeah but what if he just like handed your dress back I know, to you? that's I know. that hurts. if, if somebody is with a girlfriend you have i mean first of all you shouldn't go for them because that's called being a homewrecker and second of all you have to be pretty damn sure that- okay a
3: couple of things a any woman who wants a guy just drop your dress but more importantly <laughs> um did you guys think that because when Daniel came home, you know, uh, when the Patrick news was revealed, you know, he they were like, oh, you're late or something like that. Did you guys think that he went for it? Because it wasn't until the end that we found out. So I want to know your reaction.
2: Oh, did we think that Daniel hooked up with Margo at the time? At the time. Okay, let's just hash this out now. Um, I believe that Daniel used to be a lying cheater and that he really does care about Emily and that he's trying to change and that he wanted this job. And so, no, I didn't believe he did. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think he did either. Am I a long-winded end. I <laughs> No.
3: <laughs> I think he, you know, at the time I thought yes. I didn't know what the reason could have you're been. a guy. Well, yes. And I, I, I figured, you know, um, that he wanted the job so bad and things like that. And he wanted to not be dependent on Emily that perhaps he would have stooped to this level. And, and it would have furthered him into the scent of being like Conrad.
2: He said that the old Daniel would have done that. So in a sense you were correct. But... This new Daniel, every single character seems to be kind of transforming in this episode. So let's talk about our main character, our main girl, Emily, and uh, where she starts at the beginning of the episode and then where she eventually ends up. So we open with her and she is with Nolan and Nolan is reading her apart from David Clark's entry to her saying, I really hope that you can learn to forgive. And yeah, I hope you can do what I was not able and to do. do what I was not able to do. And we've heard this before, of course, it's not the first time we've heard this entry. Um, but every time we hear it, I do feel like it's very powerful. And clearly it's a trigger point for her because she's not able to listen to the entire thing uh, without snatching the key and running off. I think that... As people, when you have such strong emotions to something, when you have such a strong reaction, it's clearly hitting home in a way that's worth acknowledging and sitting with for a second. And had Emily gone home and overnight thought about the repercussions of what she was about to do as opposed to just jumping into it like she always does, I think maybe she would have been able to come to the conclusion that tearing the father's life apart was not the best thing.
3: Here was the perfect storm, though. I I think it's always been that, but it's never been actualized. Like tonight, with when she was with Jack, and and, you know, he's buying a replacement for Sammy because that's all he has besides Carl, um, and perhaps Charlotte, one can argue. But just that notion when he says, you know, okay, yes, you can go after revenge, but is that the cost of what about the cost of innocent people that you're hurting? So, what's greater, revenge or these innocent people? And it's never been illustrated to her in that form. Go ahead, Anna.
0: Well, it also just goes against her teachings with from Takeda because. Takedo is always saying, you can't have emotion in this. You just have to, this is your mission, and you have to stick to your mission and not have emotion get in the way. So, And and
2: so what part goes against that?
0: Considering uh, having forgiveness, considering, you know, this person's innocent and that person isn't, You know, if she wants to complete her mission, then she needs to just stay focused on that.
3: And it's also, you know, uh, she said, you know, I should have done this alone as soon as she snatches the key. So uh, revenge in that sense needs to be a solitary act. Right. Where, you know, now she's basically (laughs) got the whole town involved.
2: I do feel like she is very torn, though. And I think you make an excellent point that part of her teaching speaks to her and says you have to take out emotion. But part of her teaching, which is his writing of of her father, says that you need to learn to forgive and and move on. Otherwise, this will be the thing that kills you is basically what he's telling her. And I think that almost she doesn't care if this kills her. She's going to get the revenge whether it kills her or not.
3: But the problem is it doesn't matter. If I, I think now she's realizing she's always been willing to die for this. But now she sees the cost of other people dying Okay, that she loves, you know.
2: Right. So it's not only hurting her anymore, but it's also hurting the people that are around her. And that means that she has to step back and figure out if what yeah. she's doing is, is worth it.
3: By the way, you know, one can argue also David Clark loved. I mean, if you get Nolan hurt, no, uh, David Clark loved Nolan. Right. Uh, Jack, you know, they... Victoria?
2: Were...
3: Victoria, yeah.
2: In the weirdest of ways. <laughs> Speaking of Jack, though... So, there's this weird thing with Emily and Jack, and we were talking about from last week, we feel that that kiss was passionate, and moving forward from that, this week, I didn't know what their first interaction was going to be like, and their first interaction happens to be with some mini Sammies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Emily spots Jack in the park, by the way, spots him, Emily never spots anyone, she's... Finds yeah. them, but... She's been vetting him. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I'm sure at this point he knows it, so he just thinks it's a little creepy. But anyway, Jack is looking at some new puppies, and Emily comes to him, and he kind of seems to want nothing to do with her. Right. And she, <laughs> she says... <laughs> Uh-oh. Nothing. Go ahead. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um, and she says it's about Charlotte, mm-hmm. and she's concerned about Charlotte, Because earlier she interacted with Charlotte, and Charlotte accused her of telling Ashley about Victoria's affair. Right. And Emily thinks that Charlotte's not okay and asks Jack to talk to her about it. Do you guys feel like that was an excuse for Emily to talk to Jack, or what was going on there? Well, I think, and that's why I started giggling
0: before, that it's just so silly because, you know, Jack said, like, I feel nothing. I want nothing to do with you. You complete this and then leave forever or else. And then, like, shows up on her porch, like, at night, you know, and now they're, like, looking at puppies together. It just, it feels like, you know, when you break up with your boyfriend in high school and you're like, don't ever contact me again. Right. But then, like, I don't know, you, like, spot him on the field. (laughs) Right. I don't know, I feel like it's just kind of... Very immature. Yeah, and obviously it's not over, and... I don't know. Just it just feels silly that they're
2: so. What would you propose? How could they have handled it differently? Like she wanted you just think that she didn't need to approach him to talk to Charlotte. Well, because he, Charlotte clearly does need help.
0: Okay, and that's fine. But I feel like Jacks. <laughs> I feel like Jacks' uh interaction with her, like he's not sticking to like I hate you, don't talk to me. You know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like, but Jack is so in his. Head. Who does he have to really talk to? You know, he's just so in his mind. And he can talk at baby Carl. But yeah, baby he, Carl's he never, was. But baby Carl, you know, he's never giving him advice and things like that. Um, and so, you know, his emotions can stew in a way that drive him down a different path. And so, of course, he's going to talk to Emily. Just He's just going to. All right.
2: Okay, fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> so, Emily, despite the best efforts of those around her... Decides that she is going to take down Father Paul anyway. And from what I gather, she calls him from a, saying that she needs help from a random number, whatever it is, lures him into this hotel room, is in all black, hits him over the head, knocks him out, sets him up with prostitutes, takes photographs, and puts them in the collection box at church. Well, let's, let's rewind really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear,
0: Father Paul is Somebody who worked at Grayson Global. Right. He was, uh, I I don't know, just somebody in the firm. I'm not exactly sure what he did, but he was involved with uh, the whole David Clark scandal. And we later find out that uh, joining the priesthood, that what happened with David Clark and what they did at at, uh, Grayson Global is why he joined the priesthood, basically.
2: Right. Because he felt so awful about what had happened. And we know he's great at selling things. Now he's just selling Son god exactly yeah. okay so, so go on so so we really did i mean i personally felt and then i want to get your as opinion on it that he really was trying to make an effort to change his life and do good it seemed that way especially towards the end and all the stories he told um but by the time emily bought it it seemed too little too late did you feel like this was an act or did you feel like he really was doing good with his life whether or not it was an act, like, like
0: whether or not his heart had changed, he's still doing good. He's still feeding the homeless and helping children. So, I mean, does it really matter whether or not he's changed
2: in his heart? I mean, um, I kind of think it does. I understand your question and perhaps it does not, but I think that who you are, who your essence is, does matter. And if you're a bad person, and you just feel guilty, so you do some good things to counteract the bad ones. I don't believe that in the future you won't do bad ones again. But if you actually change inside you, I feel like then the chances of you doing something bad again are less likely to happen. But sometimes I feel like if you do the action
0: and you just keep doing that action, that eventually you'll feel that way. Like fake it till you make
2: it kind, kind of, of? a thing, yeah. I feel what you're saying. Phil, what do you think about... Here's
3: here's here's my only problem with that. So he's partially atoned, because if you really want to right a wrong, you know, okay, it's eating away at you. You took a lot of money to keep quiet, so you know what? Guess how you redeem yourself? Really, you take you you, you can call yourself a martyr, but you you get the truth out there, and you you know you, you reveal everything that had happened. Or, you know, I I like Emily's plan or the cliffhanger of like, hey, you know what? Conrad's going to confess to me. You know, you know that would be the ultimate kind of uh, redemption is to get Conrad to atone for his sins and teach him these things. So, you know, and I I felt like he was trying to do that in tonight's episode, but he didn't get there. But I think you can't really call it like, oh, he's atoned for his sins if, you know, he's sitting on money that he earned to keep his mouth shut.
2: Absolutely. And once Emily has done all of this, I almost feel like her... The episode is called Sins. And obviously that's because of everybody else's past sins. But I think it also has to do with the fact that Emily is currently sinning. And at the moment, while other people are working to make their sin level not get any higher and have their good deeds level go higher, Emily's sin level is getting higher and higher.
0: Yeah.
2: uh, Which she actually almost understands tonight in one of her lines, which we I heard the actress talk about this week, how she was going to have a joke in this episode tonight and how she doesn't typically have jokes. Um, and it might have actually gone over some, some people might not have even realized because the way it was delivered, it didn't sound like a joke, but when she's talking um, to Nolan about this the blueberries and he says that they're a cure for sociopathic hearts, she says, I should have one. Yeah, And I wrote down, ha-ha, Emily made a funny. Because, like, you never hear her say that, but she's. Be- I think she's becoming more self-aware and seeing, I mean, referring to her own heart as sociopathic. That's yes. very intense, obviously. And I wonder how long she'll be able to live with herself and if there comes a point where her sins become greater than the sins she's trying to fight or redeem. You guys know what I'm saying?
3: I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You know, and it, it, you know, with the show, it's obviously going to be always a balancing act of how far do you push Emily before. I mean, this isn't an exercise in like Breaking Bad where you take Mr. Chips and make him Scarface. So we always have to like Emily. And, you know, the fact that, you know, it comes out at a perfect time that she is battling what to do when we're, because we're kind of battling with her. Right. Uh, I think. I think I think what's going to make the show kind of continue is that, you know, I think Jack will change his mind and say, you know what, let's do this. And so by having other people... What do
2: you mean, let's do this?
3: Right now, everyone's questioning Emily of, okay, you you shouldn't necessarily do this or rethink how you're going to do this.
2: By do this, you mean take down the Grayson's? Correct. Okay.
3: And so I think, you know, I think, you know, uh, you can call it a summit or whatever. I think... Nolan, Emily, Jack, they're kind of going to get together in some fashion and figure out a better way to do this. Not originally intended. And by them being okay with it, it makes us, the audience, be okay with Emily's uh, furthering of revenge and things like that.
2: Okay. I could see it. And also, just when we were speaking about Nolan before, I wanted to mention because I didn't even talk about the very top of the episode. We see that Nolan has a guy that's leaving his place and uh, yeah. he calls him you, you. like, by you, because um, obviously he doesn't even remember his name. Right. So that obviously is foreshadowing of something. I'm not sure what. Uh, maybe it's just showing his present state of mind or that he's spiraling downwards or that he's looking for someone else. What did you guys take of that? I'm glad you could laugh
0: this episode (laughs) sex with a boy doesn't mean he's spiraling down no 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 I meant spiraling down because he doesn't know his name (laughs) oh well he said to Emily like it's you know easier that way no emotions whatever (laughs) like sometimes you just need to have sex with a stranger I guess
2: I don't know that's true (laughs) I'm I'm not one to judge about that but it just seemed like a regular occurrence when he did that and sometimes I think when you Nolan doesn't strike me as that kind of a person who can just sleep around. We've never seen him do it before. So I think that now that he's starting to do that, I mean, I don't know if he actually is because we've just seen one person, but that was the connotation I got from it. I, I think that
0: Emily said something like, oh, now you don't even know their names as though like it's been happening and it's gotten to a point right. where now he doesn't even know their names. So I, I I think you're right with your suspicions that it's been
2: happening for a while. Well, what's the cause of that? He just... Because of the whole Padma thing? Or uh, getting out of prison? And yeah,
0: the- he lost Padma, he went to prison, he lost his fortune. I mean, life kind of blows right now for Nolan. Thoughts, Phil? Same thing?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with Anna, you know. Um, nothing more, Dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about Charlotte. So, Charlotte starts with Conrad, and we see that she's being very caring of him. She's, yes. Um... Which, to me, when Charlotte walks into a room this season, obviously there's only been two episodes. But this season, when Charlotte walks into a room, I kind of go, like, is she going to love this person or hate this person? You never know. You know, sometimes she loves Emily. Sometimes she hates, sometimes she loves Conrad. Sometimes she hates Patrick, whatever it is. Like, I never really know what her reaction is going to be. But at the top of the episode, she's very loving with him. And she seems to really care. By the end of the episode, she's learned his secret from Jack. Right. Um, and that's that he knew the building was going to blow up, and really, she's not as responsible for killing, um, Declan, and it's more her father's fault. Right. So, do we think that this relationship now is going to keep back and forth and back and forth? Is she able? Is she going to be able to stay mad even though he has this disease, or is she going to have to be forgiving? What do we think is going to happen here? I think
0: this is. We're going to see a really um, empowered Charlotte in this season, but in a really, like, damaged way. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, but try to elaborate. Uh, mm. I think she's going to find out more and more. I think that she's going to to feel... She's been so angry with her family, with the Graysons, for so long. And so she. I feel like she's going to... Learn more and more about the secrets they've been keeping, and she's going to feel really justified in her anger. And she's going to be, uh, just really, I don't know, just feel justified and, and furious with them. And I don't know, have like sort of a self righteousness about her. And,
2: but uh, the damaging part, do you feel like it's going to end in something really bad? Is that what you mean? Uh, Yeah, well, we've seen the previews that she stabs Conrad.
0: Or something of that sort. And I feel like she's going to be the one to shoot Emily. Really? I predicted that last week, and I think I'm I'm sticking to it. You could be
3: right, yeah. I I see that developing more and more. I think it's interesting because, you know, I I, I think... uh, she, Charlotte, gets the irony of, of saying, how can such bad things happen to good people? I
0: wrote that down, too.
3: You know, and, and as soon as she learns the truth, she's like, oh, wow. You know, and everything goes back to the Graysons, Everything. You know, and her family is the cause of all of this. Just like, you know, uh, whether or not she likes Patrick is beside the point. She's still warning him, like, hey, if we're going to be part of the Graysons, You're going to get everything that comes with it. And she still doesn't know the extent to which that means. Is right. At
2: this point, though, who does Charlotte trust, even? Who who are in her Jack. good graces and who's not? Jack. So Jack and Carl, Charlotte's on good page with. Mm-hmm. But Emily and Conrad and Victoria and um, Patrick. What about Daniel? I can't even know because he's with Emily. Okay, so everybody else is the devil. Yeah. Except for Jack and baby Carl.
0: Yeah, and yes. Mm-hmm.
2: But I just think she's a really good human being, and I think she's not going to be able to let her father be sick without helping. And but she stabs him. I, don't, I We see that, but on this <laughs> show, you always know what you see is not what's going on. Right. You know, maybe he's having a cardiac or whatever, and she has an EpiPen. Could be <laughs> it. No, I'm not even—I know that it sounds like a joke, but I'm not even kidding. It's <laughs> Pulp Fiction next <laughs> week. Right, exactly. Like. gives us some Uma action in there. So, I know you guys love Revenge so much, uh, which means that I guarantee you you're going to love a new show coming out on October 10th, which is this Thursday. Probably most of you have been marked in your calendar a long time ago and have been waiting this entire time. But it's called... Uh Well, for, sorry. Jump Down the Rabbit Hole into Epic Romance and it's premiere on ABC's brand new series Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. So, of course, if you watch Once Upon a Time, you're going to love this new show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. If you watch Revenge, it's also the same kind of... Um, interesting realm of the world <laughs> mm. so she is not the Alice you thought you knew, she'd all grown up, smarter stronger, a fighter and in love with the genie from Aladdin, oh my god too fun, uh, her father thinks she's crazy, her doctors agree Alice embarks on the most dangerous and mysterious journey yet, back to Wonderland to rescue her one true love who's being held captive by the Red Queen and Jafar, the evil wizard from the Aladdin tale, obviously we know who Jafar is from the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time comes a brand new series, A Whole New World, loaded with stunning visual effect- effects. TV Guide calls it Provocative. Sounds provocative. like it. Starring Lost, Naveen Andrews, so good. Sophie Lowe, Peter Gadiadu, sorry if I butchered his name. Emma Rigby, Michael Sasha, and John Lithgow as the White Rabbit. Alice's search <laughs> for Lost Love <laughs> Begins. Why are you giggling at me? Lost Love Begins this year. Don't miss television event, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland series premieres Thursday, October 10th. At eight seven central on ABC. So Here's
3: what I'm going to say about that, a because I, I've heard uh, so many after kind of you know um, now plug this, and it's funny to me because uh, the more they read it and you know some people like you guys giggle because uh, and the giggling to me comes from how much they love it because I, it, oh, so awesome. many people are looking forward to this show. I've for example our producer Marissa. She has not stopped talking about this show since it was announced. I mean, announced.
2: Yeah, she's such a fan of Once Upon a Time, as am I. I drilled through that Netflix style like in two days, watched every season. It's so good. So if you like um mystery, fantasy, the whole kind of genre. So if you like Revenge, if you like Once Upon a Time, you're going to love the show um, from what I'm assuming. And obviously... The characters are frickin' amazing. Like who doesn't love Alice and who doesn't love the genie from Aladdin? And the evil characters are just as badass. So I'm pretty stoked on yeah, it.
0: Yeah, I started giggling so it's just it's a great cast and John Luscale's a white rabbit. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I know. That's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Throwing that in that's there. a fun cast. And obviously I love anytime you it's from um. The writers of Lost, and any time that something has to do with the writers of Lost, anything of Lost, they always throw in one of the Lost characters, so we have Saeed in there this season, and I'm just excited to watch.
3: It's October, te- that is this Thursday, this, is this Thursday okay. at 8.
2: That is this Thursday, and since I know you won't be watching Revenge then, because it's on Sunday, you have to be watching Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And while you are watching on your TV or if you watch on your computer, you can also go onto iTunes. And we said before, you can comment or you can rate us, but you can also buy or rent Adventures of Zero Buddies, which is a movie created by our very own producers, Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro. It's amazing. It's a comedy. You will laugh. And after Revenge and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, sometimes you just need a little laugh. So, Buy it, rent it. You can also get it in stores now, which is freaking fantastic. Take a picture of yourself, tweet it out at us. I want to see you watching this film because it's great. And, and guys, back to revenge. Back
3: to revenge. And uh, I, I, uh, while we were talking about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, I plug. I, I got some calls going.
2: All right. Okay. On the line. On the line. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? I'm uh,
1: Chris Wallace, and I'm from Staten
2: Island. Hi, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm good, how are you? Good. What did you think of the episode? Once Upon
3: a Time? No, no. no. Revenge. Revenge. Sorry, we're done plugging Once Upon a Time. Oh, um, I thought this was the Once Upon a Time one. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, that's okay, Chris. We were actually just talking about Once Upon a Time and Wonderland coming up. Are you excited for the new series?
0: Yeah, I know. I heard.
2: Yeah, it's exciting, exciting. So enjoy that and call into their show next Thursday. Okay. Good night, Chris. All right. <laughs> anyway, so... Do, wait, do we have more callers? Well, uh, let's just keep talking about the episode, and we I'll can... I'll plug we'll, them as they yeah, come. we'll take okay. the... We can take callers later. Uh, love that Chris called about that, though. It's an exciting new show. Oh, so really? I understand jumping the gun on the yeah. phone call there. Anyway, talking more about Charlotte. So this whole thing with her and Conrad, we don't know where it's going to go, and we're just going to have to stay tuned to see if she turns... A little evil and, and hates Conrad, or she stays pure like the Charlotte that we know and love. This whole thing takes place after, so going back, we're going to the family gathering. <laughs> I have the worst rewound sign. You guys have a sound. Can you make a noise?
3: Don't, no, they just moving on.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I wish you would stop doing that. I really do. Sorry, I'm in a goofy <laughs> mood now because of that. So we have this family gathering. It's really freaking awkward. It was basically Victoria calling everybody together so she could introduce them to Patrick. Why she did it in this manner, I don't know. Maybe it had to do something about Emily approaching her before, asking him to be part of the wedding, and her saying she wanted him to stay away, and then her changing her mind. Um, but the biggest piece of information we find out from this family gathering is that Patrick tells us that a few years back, Frank. Uh, well, we, what the story is, is that Frank went to see Patrick to give him $5 million. But Patrick tells us that Frank... Not only did not offer him $5 million, but he actually threatened to seriously hurt him if he kept trying to contact Victoria, and then he left. Also, Patrick thought that Conrad had made this phone call asking Frank to go do that, but it really was Victoria, and Patrick seems very hurt about that. So what do we think about the entire Patrick situation and how everything went down? It's a tough one, I know. Family business is... Uh, well, I, I, I will exhausting. say this about
3: Pat, part part of it is, and I, I think fans agree because I've, I've been seeing this is Patrick is so nice in this messed up <laughs> world that you just automatically don't trust him. You are like, "What's your angle, boy?"
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
3: And you know, so so that off the bat is kind of just about Patrick. But in terms of, uh, um, I think I mean Victoria. It, it's always. It's always tough because you want to like her, but then she yeah. goes and pulls some of these things.
2: You want to like Victoria? Well, you, you I can don't f- feel that way. I want to hate her.
3: I want to hate her <laughs> too, but but there's moments when you're like, okay, I, I kind of, the root of it, I understand why you would have thought this way, and I, I, I get why you would have spiraled down into this abyss. And then there's moments like this of, wow, you're on your own, honey.
2: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I just feel like, He's too forgiving and not realizing what a horrible human being Victoria is and he's gonna get burned. Yeah. I mean what do you think's gonna how's this gonna play out with Patrick's situation? Well I, I
0: have another question. Why why now? Why does Victoria want him around now but she didn't want him around then?
2: Because she's absolutely alone now, which is pathetic and if he could if he could ask himself that question, then I think he would be in a lot better place than he Here's, is.
3: And and you know, now all those things kinda surfaced. You know, last time, you know, I mean, we found out about it on the evening news. and Now it's public. So you can't help but kind of have that be in the forefront, whereas now, you know, in the past, you've literally tried to hide everything.
2: And in the finale, we see Emily say to her, like, you've lost both of your children. How does it feel that the two people that you care about most in the world don't give a rat's ass about you? Obviously, it's Emily. So she says it more beautifully than that. <laughs> uh, but I think that. She didn't search out Patrick and wasn't ever going to, but Patrick showed up on her doorstep and it was kind of almost a sign. You know, when you are sitting in your room crying and you're like, why am I so alone? And the doorbell rings and then all of a sudden it's somebody and you're like, this is a sign. This yeah. has got to be it. You know, so I think that's why, but it is in my opinion and what I think you were getting at a little too convenient. Yeah. I, he's definitely going to get stuck in the crossfire somewhere when charlotte warns him get out before you can do you think it's because she genuinely is concerned for him or she's jealous
0: or what i think she just wants him away
2: honestly i think she just doesn't want to deal with him because just too many family problems as it is yes he's an extra complication
0: that she doesn't need
2: okay Also, the big thing about the family gathering was Conrad breaking the glass on his hand and cutting himself really badly. Now, I have a theory about this, but do you want to share your thoughts first? I don't have a theory about that at all. I mean, I... But go ahead. Um, Here's my thought process. He's not actually sick. We know that Emily set up the tests. So, in my opinion, this goes one of three ways. One... And this is what I actually think is going on. I think he is faking a little bit. I think that he is exact, he knows that he has this disease and he is living, he is doing as much with it as he can uh, so that he can get points, sympathy points, maybe. But she drugged him again. Oh. Maybe I just missed
3: <laughs> Oh yeah, I was wondering. I was like, "Where where are you going?" With
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't but what does the drug do? it just makes him sleepy? Well, I'm not sure what the drug is, but she definitely put something from a vial. And so destroy. you think that's what it completely was? Made them just loopy? Yeah. That's the hardest part about going up. I think I'm watching every second and I miss it. yeah bad for you.
0: Well, no, I mean, it's, it's difficult. See, that's the thing and this is why fans, we need you. We do need your help and we do need you to call us out because Might it's difficult to so watch and take notes and like make sure we get every detail, you know? The-
2: right, because I was thinking, well, still I think he's going to end up playing the sympathy points on this a little bit. But also I'm confused, how is she gonna keep this up then? Is she just gonna keep drugging him every time she sees him and makes him feel weak? Maybe, I mean, maybe she'll offer
0: to take care of him and especially they just had this moment at the church, you know, right. and and uh he was being so vulnerable with her and just so honest and he's like apologizing for having like real emotion in front of her. Right. And uh and he said, you know, there's no one left for me to talk to and I suppose I should take that as a sign too. Uh and so Emily sees this as an opportunity, but she sees it as an opportunity to bring back, uh, to bring the priest back in. But I think she could use it to her advantage to you know offer to be his nurse, so she can continue to drug him I, if she if they create this relationship.
2: What now. do you mean offer to be his nurse? You mean just his caregiver? His like- care- well, yeah, because
0: if she can continue to make him sick enough that he needs to be you know in bed, then she can say you know like you know Conrad. Come stay in my home or you, whatever. Come stay here. Uh, I'll set up an apartment for you, and I'll take here, care of you.
3: Here's where the show's not going to go, but like <laughs> it would be very interesting. You know, in terms of okay, uh, with with forgiveness and things like that, the ultimate forgiveness would be to kind of do what Anna's proposing and get him to to admit that he's wrong. Get him to come out with the truth. Right, and be able to take the consequences of that.
0: That's what well, you want more than anything, about, right? That is the
2: new but, plan. But, but
3: it's to you know, but it's always it's always with force. It's rather than you know, like getting them to really change within them to change them. You know what I mean? There, there's that that big difference.
2: Well, I think the other. I don't know if this is what you're saying, but the big distinction to me is Conrad says I need to pay for my sins now, and he's acknowledging that he has been a sinner and that he is now needs to pay the consequences but that's not saying I need to do good there's a difference between saying I need to get what's coming to me and I need to flip this around and help the world you know I feel like he's still taking a very passive and that's what I'm saying
3: it'd be one thing okay if, if Roxy has a gun to my head and says hey you have to admit for everything that you've done in your life then okay then I'm I'm forced to do something whereas Roxy explains like hey you've done a lot of bad in your life you might want to do some good here's how you can start then i'm like okay you know what i get that i am remorseful let me make it
2: right so don't we think that it would be more beneficial and proactive for emily to look at him and instead of thinking i want to punish him for her to have him do that's it, what right? I'm saying right so that is what you're saying that's We're what I'm saying but there. I don't
3: think they're gonna do it
2: well because then the show would be called redemption not revenge <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately think the, t- not on the think reg- of the title
3: sequence that would be to like change up the lettering that would be cool
2: what do you mean
3: Oh, like go from the, like revenge the
2: V flies out and the D flies in like yeah you should, we'll make one of those and air it on After Buzz, our version of Revenge.
3: Watchtower, if you're listening, I want to see a prototype.
2: Oh yeah, he'll help us out. You're like, where the hell has this gone? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so.
0: He hasn't told us that we're looking legend tonight, so I don't think he's listening. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah. I thought that we were, we're legend. Wait for it, Terry. <laughs> uh, but while we're talking about this, let's, let's go over exactly what the new plan is. So, Emily goes to Nolan and says that he was right, but it was too late for her. To do anything about it because the other, the pastor had already seen the photographs. Nolan (laughs)
0: Nolan, earlier, he was like, Once you start taking down kittens, I'm out. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's a great line. Yeah, but at least, at least she's not so far gone that she did feel a little guilt after what happened. Yes. Um, which proves that she's still human.
0: Well, she started to feel guilty before she even realized that it went down.
2: Right. So. Right. Especially, I think, where I felt most of her guilt was when she asked, what happened? He said, I was hit over the head and they took everything in my wallet. She said, what did the police say when you called them? And He said, I didn't because they, of course, needed what I had more than I did. And I think that that was very selfless. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really affected her. And then moving on from that, everything after that point really affected her. But it was too late, of course. But anyway, let's just clarify what the new plan is so that in case somebody slipped something in my drink or I didn't notice, we can be sure what this exactly they have planned for the future. So she wants to use the – pre. she says she's going to fix it. And she's going to fix it by – using the priest to listen to Conrad and to get him to confess to his sins. Correct? Yes. I don't understand how that qualifies as fixing it. Consider fixing it is ruining the pastor's priestship. You know, he can't be a priest anymore because of what happened. He had to leave his church. I think that
0: when Nolan had the conversation with her, that was like kind of her compromise. All right, I won't kill him, but... Uh, I am going to ruin his life.
2: No, but I'm talking about at the end when she, he says, so what are you going to do? Because she said it was too late. He says, so what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to fix it. And he says, how are you going to fix it? And she says, I'm going to fix it by having him get Conrad to come out about what happened. And to me, that first her it, plan, it, but it doesn't fix what she did to this poor man.
3: It doesn't, well...
2: well I don't know if I call him one, a poor
3: man. But, one yeah. might argue that... Because here's the thing. She's going to fix it by finally... Yeah, what is, he, what, is the, what is what is the what what does Paul ultimately want? He wants Conrad to kind of say the truth and lift the weight off his shoulders. So if, if if she can get Paul to do that by getting Conrad to talk to Paul, then it eases the pain of Paul.
2: But if Conrad admits to everything that happened, everyone on his team is going down with him. Correct.
3: Yes, I understand that. But at least the weight has been lifted off your shoulders.
2: So she thinks Paul. that she can get Paul to go along with this because he is now a good guy and the thing that a good guy does is tells the truth? Yes. So why wouldn't Paul just come out with Con- what Conrad did?
3: Because he also – they also need evidence.
2: I, I suppose, but I feel like he could probably find enough. And Paul had an interesting quote earlier this episode that makes me a little confused on where his loyalties lie in terms of uh, whether it's with Conrad or with God and goodness. Um, he says, we may not always see eye to eye, but I'm always on your side or I'm always here for you or something, and that made me worried that this plan might come to bite Emily in the butt if he is too strongly tied to Conrad, and instead of doing good, he ends up getting pulled back into Conrad's crappiness on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> so elegantly said, I know. Mm. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how that happens with uh, the priest. We know we have him around for a little bit now, so.
3: Did we talk about Aiden? talk about Aiden
2: yeah we need to all right Phil what about Aiden well because
3: okay the, the question that fans are asking is is this some sort of weird plan um to help Emily or does he really hate her
2: we see him on the yacht with Victoria and then we see him again during the family gathering however he's not at the family gathering of course he's sneaking things from Emily's um which would make me believe that obviously Emily doesn't know that he's back in town or about his plan. Well, she
0: has to know something because for some reason she moved that infinity box to Nolan's. So well, that's ha-
3: partly because she's living with Daniel.
0: Right. Okay.
3: Did I just no. negate your point?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay though. It's it's a it's a good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> See, we
2: we need the three of us to keep everybody in check. We do. That's why we have to talk this show out. Like- and it, we, and, yeah.
0: That's why we need, we need more than one person. Here's
3: the thing he was, he was genuinely mad about Victoria um, visiting Nolan. Because right. it was a test of, like, you know, to, to see things like that. But he could have equally come out and just told the exact truth, which he didn't, which saves Emily in some sort of weird way. By the way, I loved how Nolan bought all what the What do you mean uh, the paper. exact truth? He didn't reveal the full truth about Emily.
2: He Not- said that they, she took all your money. He hinted to Victoria that but you, okay, a he, link between Emily and David Clark. And he also broke into Emily's, stole the deed to Nolan's house, and said that it had Emily's name on it and showed it to Victoria.
3: Okay, but it could have also been very easy to say, hey, Emily is actually Amanda Clark, and she wants revenge because of blah, 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 blah. And look at all these things that we did in the past.
2: Okay,
0: but but he needs obviously he wants something and he needs to ask for that first. He has to have leverage. He has to he has to like give a little bit of information at a time. He can't just like start with it's. She's really Amanda Clark.
2: I was gonna uh, yeah. Can't open with that. I was gonna wait for some news and gossip, but I have a quote from Barry Sloan about this, so I just want to read it that came out this week, and I just want to read it because it's very relevant to this point. He says about his character, I think he loves Emily beyond himself, and even though it's cliche to say it, he would die for her. It's not really about him anymore. He's lost everything, and he's going to do it for her. Which is interesting Mm -hmm. um, that I saw that this week because from what the show seems like they would want us to believe otherwise
3: yeah um again I, I i think i think it could have been very easy for him to say the truth and i don't think it's just putting your cars on the table without any leverage you know i think that so it, it's going to be interesting but i did i did want to say that i thought it was funny that nolan has victoria's um paintings and stuff
2: i also thought it was funny that she regifted him his own muffins
3: that was funny <laughs> oh
2: my god i didn't i didn't even mention that point you know what's interesting in this season a lot of the the new uh sunil nayar was talking about the new showrunner was talking about how it's supposed to be funny and a little lighter and not as dark all the time so we have emily making this joke and then we have um, the thing with the blueberry muffins. And there were a couple other just lighter moments. I mean, this, we still have heavier moments in the episode, but I know that they want it to be a little more fun this season. And all the cast has mentioned, like, every time they're interviewed for anything, everybody's like, this season is very naked. Everybody takes their clothes off all season. And- you know,
3: it's, fun- I, I, in the, in the first episode, it's funny when they, um, uh, Emily picks up Nolan and, and, and they say, let's not talk of the initiative
2: <laughs> ever again. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's like almost a joke and an inside joke with the audience because people requested like don't ever talk about the initiative again. And if you follow all the actors on Twitter, which of course we do because we're obsessed – uh, you'll see that the way they tweet back and forth at each other this season has been very lighthearted, you know, poking fun at one another. And also, they're very transparent, answering any of the questions anybody has. So, I yeah. just think the way that the new showrunner is handling the show and the cast members are taking season three is very different. And tonight, it really worked for us, obviously. Um I'm just while we're talking about Aiden still and what's going to happen with Emily. The other piece of news and gossip that I have for you guys is that I saw on Perez, there's a picture of Aiden and Emily kissing on the beach on set. So they filmed oh. that. So I that's mean, next week, right? Yeah, next I, week. I don't know exactly what, when, where, how Aiden and Emily get together, but it seems was in like the promo. They do. Right. Promo. And, oh. Um, so. Promo. Promo. Promo online. Can't take it back. I saw you. Uh, so now it's confusing because we don't really know how Aiden and Emily are gonna turn out. We just know that the season's gonna be shirtless.
3: Any more news?
2: That's about it. Predictions? Let's predict.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> and now. Or after buzz <laughs> <on TV. laughs> I'm gonna
2: try really hard to tell you guys what I saw in, in predictions, scenes from next week. Go. Let me try. So, we see Aiden goes to a party with Victoria, goes to the gathering with her, and they're talking to Emily, and Emily was obviously not aware that he was gonna be there with her. We just talked about Aiden and Victoria and what that means, so we'll skip predicting on that one. Um, but actually I do wanna, a yes or no answer. Do you guys think that he is Team Emily or Team, or an, a one-word answer, Team Emily or Team Victoria?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> or yes, depending on which way you spin it.
2: I uh,
0: I mean, just based on your news and gossip, I'm going to have to say Team Emily. Team Emily? Yeah.
2: Phil? So? Emily. Okay. So, then it comes out, Victoria tells Daniel that Emily was with Aiden, and Daniel's pissed, and Emily's sitting there saying, but I chose you, I choose you, Daniel. So we see that. Uh, then we see Charlotte stab Conrad.
0: Okay, this. The, your, your, are you just telling us about the preview? <laughs>
2: I'm just telling you what I saw. Well, the it's pre- hard to pre- see everything. You have the to predictions rewind. are
3: based on the previews. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So... I already predicted that the stabbing of Conrad. I think it's like some sort of an EpiPen, Pulp Fiction situation. Okay, what are you guys thinking about the stab? I mean, do you think that she's actually trying to murder her father? Yeah, I think he's earned it in her eyes. So no, I'm I'm not saying he earned it because I think he definitely has. But you think that's really what she's doing? I and I predicted earlier that I think this is going to be
0: like a new, very empowered Charlotte who feels justified in her rage towards her family. And I think if she stabs him, she's going to think, like, no jury's going to convict me. He's a terrible person.
3: Phil. I think Emily, uh, uh, not, 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 uh, Charlotte is on a path of destruction, and it will yeah. end in her death. I think someone's going to take her out.
2: Yeah. Well, then Hi. she and Declan and the baby can be together. Maybe Emily. Too much, too maybe far. when Emily gets shot and she says, I'm sorry, maybe she's protecting somebody. Maybe she takes the shot for somebody. Uh, we also see a body on the side of the road who we think is Nolan based on pausing at the exact right moment and seeing kind of that sandy colored hair
3: according to our laboratory results <laughs> yeah.
2: according yeah. to my calculations yeah. I believe that well we got the results back from ballistics and uh... <laughs> so other than what we see and what we can infer from seeing that any other wild predictions uh...
3: I, think, I think we're going to bring Jack into all of this a little bit more and uh, I, I I think that's how we're we're going to really, you know, kind of – he's now going to c- go on this path of revenge along with us.
2: Okay.
0: Shot um, in the dark – oh, go ahead. Sorry. I don't
3: know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Shot in the dark, Conrad's going to bang Margo.
3: Ooh.
2: Well, Good he does him. have a tendency to do that, hence yeah. Ashley. Yeah. I think that we're going to see just in general some – dark comedy which we're starting to see and they've mentioned and like a little that. more of that and I, yeah I like that too it doesn't always have to be so deep all the time make me laugh a little bit so anyway if I want to talk to you about this during the week because I'm just like absolutely freaking out and I need to speak revenge with somebody where can I find you uh, you can follow me a couple <laughs> from A-R-K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R and you can find me at Roxy Stryer And you can talk to Phil and the rest of AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV. We are so excited for next week, and don't forget before then on Thursday, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. It's going to be freaking fantastic. I'll be watching; you should be watching too. And then afterwards, come here and watch the after show. Hell yeah! Until next week, same time, same place. I think
3: we found our groove.
2: This was a lot of fun. (laughs) No, because yeah, we were
3: down in the first episode. I I will be the first one to admit I was very harsh. Uh, and, and, you know, you guys, you guys beat the crap out of us. You ruined my sign-off.
0: You ruined my sign-off. This is really like an off-camera off. conversation, Phil. This is
3: <laughs> No, this is for, this is to the fans because I love you fans.
2: Uh, we Seriously, that's something we can agree on. <laughs> we might disagree on everything else, but we do love our fans. So again, tweet at us, iTunes, uh, YouTube, anywhere you can find us. Just do it because we love you guys. Until next time, same time, same place.
1: Peace. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.